0: Well, let's open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians, to chapter 1. It's on page 1156 in the Pew Bible. If you don't have a Bible or maybe you're unfamiliar with where Ephesians is, you can find a Pew Bible in front of you, and it's on page 1156, Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to read it, verse 15. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills everything in every way. Well, what are you thankful for this year? What, what are you thinking of that you want to thank God for? Maybe you'll be asking each other that question on Thanksgiving. Uh, we go around the table, maybe some of you have this tradition, and everyone says something that they're thankful for that year. So, so what are you going to say thanks for? Uh, if I had to think of what I would be thankful for, I, a couple things come to my mind. I had, uh, my third child was born in September, so I'm thankful for that. And um, uh, my sister and brother-in-law and nephew moved out from Las Vegas to Quincy. And uh, so I haven't, you know, I haven't lived near my family for about 13 years. So it's pretty cool to you know, be living near my family again and, and get to hang out with them and catch up. So I, I know I have a lot of things to be thankful for. Uh, and maybe you do. Maybe you can think through your mind some of the big things that God's done in your life in the past uh, year. But what I want to do this morning is to, to sort of take a different uh, tack on the whole issue of thanksgiving, and to think about something else we can be thankful for. N- not to, to displace those blessings that we have, like family and friends and job and health, but to think in addition about the spiritual blessings we have in Christ. As we come to Ephesians today, we're continuing our study. If this is your first Sunday with us, we're really glad you're here. we through the book of Ephesians. And uh, last Sunday, we finished a section of Ephesians, a sort of a, a chunk, it was verses 3 to 14, where we looked at our spiritual blessings in Christ. Well, this Sunday, we're starting a new chunk, which is verses 15 to 23. It's sort of a, a group of ideas that all hang together. And and this one is the thanksgiving section of Paul's letter. Typically, when Paul wrote letters and epistles in the New Testament uh, times, he would include at the very beginning a thanksgiving section, where he would give thanks for the people to whom he was writing. And so that's what we're moving into now, the, the typical... Pauline thanksgiving section of his letter. And so what I want to do is look at what Paul's giving thanks for, and, and I think it may be something that we're, we probably would overlook, and yet it's a critical thing. Look back at verses 15 and 16. This is our primary text for the morning. Paul says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So Paul is giving thanks about something uh, when he says he has not stopped giving thanks, I don't think that means that 24-7 he's just saying thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I think it means, you know, whenever he prays, whenever he goes about the business of praying, he, this is one of the things on his prayer list. Oh yes, God, thank you for these Ephesians. But what is it specifically that he's giving thanks for? I mean, what, what is so important that every time he prays, he thinks of them and he gives thanks? Well, I look back at verse 15. He says, for this reason... For what reason? Well, for this reason points us back to verses 3 to 14. So I'm just trying to construct the logic here. Obviously, Paul is thinking a a train of thoughts, and we want to see where his train of thoughts leads us, and hopefully it doesn't derail, but uh, sometimes Paul's thought does derail. But this time it hangs together. And you'll see in verses 3 to 14, he's talking about our spiritual blessings in Christ, why it's so wonderful to be in Christ. And because of that consideration, he says, therefore I give thanks. In fact, if you look at verse 13 in particular, he says, and you also, speaking to his readers, were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So now, okay, let's put it all together here. Paul is giving thanks because he realizes that the people to whom he's writing are experiencing the blessings of salvation. That Paul preached the gospel there, and and this gospel that Paul preached is now bearing fruit, and because of that, Paul's psyched up. He's so excited that these people are actually growing in their faith. That's what's stoking Paul, to to give thanks. In fact, we see it in verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So Paul's not specifically giving thanks for the Ephesians, like, gee, God, thank you that they're such great friends of mine and we have this great relationship. Rather, he's giving thanks for the fact that he sees the power of God changing their lives. He's thanking, them for, thanking God for the faith they have and the love they had. The gospel that Paul preached is actually changing people. That these people who used to be pagan idol worshippers in Asia Minor or modern-day Turkey have now come to faith in Jesus. And these people who used to be selfish and arrogant and self-willed are now full of love. And Paul goes, wow, look what God is doing in your life. That's what he's thanking God for, for the the transformation that the gospel has brought in these people's lives. And just to reiterate the point, notice here in verse 15, Paul doesn't even necessarily know the people to whom he's writing. He says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus. So, you know, some of these people he doesn't even know, he's just heard reports. But the gospel is so important to Paul The power of Jesus is so important that he's like, Oh, thank you, God. There's these other people. I never even met him, but they're believing. Oh, thank you, God. He's thanking God for the work that God is doing in the lives of each of these people. You know, this is the juice of ministry. If any of you have ever done any kind of gospel ministry, whether it's uh, teaching a Sunday school class or leading a Bible study or discipling somebody one-on-one or just sharing your faith with someone who doesn't know Jesus, you know that the exciting thing about ministry is when the lights go on and somebody gets it and, and, and you see them take a step of faith or a step of growth. I like mean, that, That's it. I can take a whole month of, of beatings and disappointments in ministry if I could just have a couple people who, who are getting it and, and I see their lives actually changing. And Paul did take a lot of beatings. Literally, he took beatings for the gospel. But he saw these people... Changed. He would come into a town of complete strangers, he'd go and he'd preach the gospel, and people he never met before would come to faith in Christ and their lives would be changed. And so Paul was stoked about that. That's why he's so excited. Because in that moment, when you see someone's life changed by the gospel, what you're really seeing is is God almost tangibly visible in someone's life. In my backyard, uh, there's a ring of, tall pine trees and oak trees that go around the back of the yard and some conservation land back there. And I love looking out there on windy days. I, I love windy days and inclement weather. I like going out there and, and, and seeing that you know, the trees blowing in the breeze. And every once in a while you'll hear a big gust. You know, It sounds like a roar of a locomotive coming across the trees. And, and you'll see you, know, you can hear it coming and then you'll see it coming across the trees. You know, There's a tree at this end that will really sway over. And then the next one will really sway and and so it's kind of like you watch a wave just sort of surf across the trees. And it's really cool because you can't see wind, obviously. It's sort of like a kid's question. Daddy, why can't I see the wind? You're like, I don't know. Go ask your mom. You know, I, I, I don't know why you can't see the wind. Uh, so, but you can like almost see the wind. It's like I almost saw the wind. I saw the power of the invisible wind as it moved through to these trees. And that's what it's like in ministry. When you see people's lives changed... You see God. I've never seen the Lord Jesus Christ with my physical eyes. Someday I will, but I haven't seen him yet. I've never seen God the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know what he looks like. He's a spirit. He doesn't have a body. But I can almost see them when I see people's lives changed. When I see people who are trapped in sin or addiction set free. When I see people who are gloomy and despairing turn to Christ and find joy and happiness... But when I see the growth of God in people's lives through the gospel of Jesus, then I see God almost. I can almost visually see him. That's why Paul is so excited, because he sees God at work in these people's lives. That's what gets him motivated to give thanks. And as if we haven't belabored the point enough, I'd like to belabor it just a little bit more. And and look at some of Paul's other letters. In each of Paul's letters, or almost all of them, he begins with a thanksgiving section, and interestingly, that Thanksgiving section is about God's work in people's lives. So what I want you to do is put a bookmark or something here in Ephesians. And let's just let our fingers do the walking here and go to the first epistle of Paul's, Romans chapter 1, verse 8. It's, the, it's on page 1112, 11, 11, 12, Romans chapter 1, verse 8. Romans is the first letter that we have of Paul's in our New Testament. It's not the first one he wrote. Probably the first one he wrote was Galatians, around early 50s A.D. Uh, Romans was one of the last letters he wrote, but it's first in our order of letters because of its prominence, theological uh, profanity. If you look at uh, Romans Romans 1, verse 8, he says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, Why is he thankful? Because your faith is being reported all over the world. Paul's never been to the Roman church. He's only heard about them. But he's excited because the gospel has gone there and people have faith. Or look over at 1 Corinthians, the very next letter of Paul's. Romans, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4. 1 Corinthians 1.4. He says, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. I thank God, why? Because of the grace, because I see him working in your lives. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. This cosmopolitan commercial center there, uh, right, right on the, the little squiggle of land between the the northern part of Greece and the southern part. There in Corinth, he walked in, didn't know a person, started preaching about Jesus, and boom, a church came into existence. And he goes, oh, look what God has done. My gospel has been confirmed in you. We'll just look one more. I don't want to go through every letter. Look at Philippians. It's right after Ephesians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. Page 1161. Here's another Thanksgiving section. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers, I pray for you. I always pray with joy. Why? Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So what is Paul excited about what gets him fired up to give thanks it's seeing god work the gospel out in people's lives that's what gets him excited in fact if we wanted to kind of put this in a modern framework we might even say this is paul's definition of success in ministry you know how do you know if a ministry is successful how do you know if a church is successful typically the way we judge success uh, at least today in our culture is uh, in the church is the three b's bucks bodies and buildings. Now, that's success. If you have bucks, if you have increasing money, if there's increasing people, and if you build new buildings, then it must be a successful place. And that made me think uh, thinks about our church, because if I look at our church, we've got the three B's going on. Uh, we, we do have financial resources to be able to minister to people in a variety of ways, and that's great. And we do have bodies. That The church's attendance has been growing. We're talking about a third worship service, and uh, we're, we're analyzing the surveys right now. We're going to be getting back to you on that. But You know, we're looking at people coming into the church. That's great. And we're looking at a building project because we need more space. But, you know, I have to step back and say, okay, does that mean that this is a successful church? What is success? And I think what I see here in Paul is that success in the ministry is when people's lives are changed. When people are growing in the Lord and growing in their faith. So are you part of a successful ministry or a successful church? And I think the way to answer that question is to look into your own heart and to say, I don't know, is God changing me? Do I see the power of God evident in my life? Am I becoming more and more conformed to the image of Christ? And if I see that happening, then yes, success is taking place in the ministry. And if buildings and bucks and bodies comes as a result of that, woohoo, great. But what I'm really interested in is to see our lives changed for Christ. And out of that will come all the other sort of visible manifestations of that. And that's what Paul is talking about here, that that we become a people who are excited about spiritual things, not just physical things. And so I want to challenge myself and challenge you this Thanksgiving, not just to give thanks for the material blessings we have, but to also, I don't know, put on our our, our 3D glasses or whatever they are, put on our special spiritual vision and try to see if we can... Notice God's hand in our lives changing us into the image of Christ and to give thanks for that. Because, uh, again, we have lots of things to give thanks for. I have a lot of things to give thanks for. I have a great family and I have a home and I have a job. But what about the spiritual things that God is doing in my life? Because the spiritual things are greater than the physical things. It's great to have good health, but it's even better to be holy. It's great to have a job. You know, if you've been out of work, a lot of people out of work these days, you know it's great to have a job, but it's even better to have an inheritance in heaven and to have my hope there. It's a great thing to have family and friends, but it's even better to be adopted into the family of God and to learn what that means. Those are the truly important things. In fact, if you take out your sermon notes for a minute, this little insert in your bulletin, And look at the bottom of the the front page where it says focusing our minds on the new life in Christ. Romans 12.2 Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I need my mind to be changed so that I learn to value that sort of invisible wind blowing in the trees things that God's doing in my life. Or Colossians 3, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Again, not that the earthly things are bad, they're gifts from God, but the spiritual heavenly things are even better. Heaven is better than earth. This life is just a foyer to heaven. This life is just the staging area for eternal life. This life is where we must choose for Christ and learn to grow in him so that we might know life eternally. So my challenge to myself and to you is to really think about those spiritual blessings that God has given us this year and family. And so what I did is on the back of your sermon notes, I did a little exercise that I'd like you to do. If you've got a pencil, grab that. Um, if you don't have a pencil, take one out of the hand of the person next to you and make sure you get one. That should work. <clears throat> and I want to thank God specifically. I'd like you to, and myself to zero in on one thing that we can thank God for him doing in our lives in the spiritual dimension. And then one thing we can thank God for doing in other people's lives in the spiritual dimension. So let's start with us. Thanking God for his work in our lives. So what has God done in your life this year? In, in a, at that spiritual level in terms of your salvation in terms of the areas of faith and, and godliness. Here's some questions for reflection. Did I trust Jesus for my salvation for the first time this year? That'd be huge. Write that one down if that's true for you. Did I make it through a trial this year with my faith intact or even growing? It's not just, boy, did I live through something, but, but what did I learn? Was God teaching me things? Have I grown as a person in, in my faith? Did I take a new step of commitment to growth in Christ, like joining a Bible study, getting baptized, or serving in a ministry? Those are, again, tangible expressions of spiritual life in us. Did I win a battle for obedience in my life this year? Did God use me to serve someone in need? Have I seen evidences of God's love growing in my heart through the way I treat others? So take a minute and think about that. And and then you see that line there? That's for you to write in... uh, Just one thing, one way you've seen God at work in your life this year. So think about that. Or or if you don't have a pencil, just think down what you would say. When I thought about this question for myself, uh, a lot of things came to mind, but the the one that really stood out is, this year God has really uh, given me a greater belief in his word as the power of God for salvation you know, I've always believed that the Bible is God's Word, or or I, I should say ever since I've been a Christian, I believe this book is God's Word, and I love preaching it, so it's not that I didn't believe it before, but through a conference I went to this year, some books I read, things I was reading in the Bible, just some conversations I had, it's like God was just strengthening my belief that this is His Word, and that this is what builds me as a Christian, and this is what builds the church. I believe that, but this year, God's like, just deepened that, and I I just am almost rabid about it. Uh, I don't know if it's coming through in, in what I communicate, but this is what, what's going on inside of me. And, and so that's one thing I want to thank God for. God, thank you for giving me for more faith in your word. That's not something I could whip up on my own. That's not something that I can point to and say, look at me, I've become more faithful about God's word. It's just something he's taught me. And so I thank God that he's doing that spiritual work in my life of giving me more faith in his word. So, I don't think about that for yourselves. Is there something like that that you can put down? If there isn't, Hey, take it as a wake-up call. <laughs> Time to start focusing on the things of the Lord. And, and make that your goal this year is to cry out to God, God, do a greater work in my life. Well, then let's look at the, uh, the second level, which is thanking God for his work in others. Because remember, that's what Paul was doing. He was thanking God for what he heard about in these Ephesians. Is there someone you know, or maybe someone you've just heard of, who's had growth in their life this year in Christ? What was it? Who was it? Can you give thanks for that? Questions for reflection. Did I know of someone this year who came to saving faith in Jesus? Did a Christian I know step up to help out someone in need this year? Did Christians I know move from the sidelines to ministry in the church, from obscurity to involvement? Do you know anyone who just sort of popping in and out of church and now is really growing by becoming involved in the life of the body? Give thanks for that. That's God at work. Uh, Did a believer you know of grow in his or her commitment to the Bible, prayer, or in some other major step of obedience? Do you know Christians who let go of grudges and work toward reconciliation? Have you seen God at work in any of these ways in anybody's lives? If you have, jot that down and give thanks because that's God at work. The other day I was driving my son to preschool and uh, it was early in the morning and and he was just kind of sitting there staring off into space i assumed he was just tired so i said hey what are you thinking about buddy and out of the blue he says he has kind of a scratchy little low voice he says i'm thinking about jesus died on the cross you know i'm like oh you know <laughs> i got something in my eye it's okay you know <laughs> it's, it's like where did that come from like what's going on in his little head we weren't talking about it that morning it's not like i was priming the pump or something and and so I just took the opportunity we talked a little more about how Jesus died on the cross you know why he died on the cross he died for our sins you know and we talked about the whole thing and we went through the gospel again just sort of letting him know what Christ did for him you know it was so awesome just to hear that like you know God what are you doing you you try all these things as a parent you tell them the truth you teach them you read Bible stories with them but ultimately God has to touch his heart as a pastor's kid that boy's gonna know his Bible. Okay. But as a pastor's kid, I have no control of whether or not it gets from here to here. I could be the best parent, Bible teacher. I could you know, have that kid memorize the Westminster Catechism, but I cannot make him a Christian. And so that's where I just have to get on my knees and say, God, let all this head knowledge this boy's going to have <laughs> get down in. Let, let the gospel take root in his heart and, and be, so that he will become a godly man because of what you do. And so that's why Paul, notice, moves from thanksgiving immediately into prayer. Look back at verse 16. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So that I see God doing something, I give thanks. God, thank you that something's going on in my son's heart. And then I pray, okay, more, 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 more. And that's the pattern. You see it, you thank it, thanks for it, and then you pray for more and ask God to do a greater work. Have you seen God doing a work in anyone's heart, anyone's life that you know of? Who, what have you seen? What can you give thanks for and pray for? Jot that down. And, and this Thanksgiving, make that part of your Thanksgiving uh, routine. So there's the challenge. Thank God, not only for Turkey and football and the Patriots and... Family and home and jobs, all that stuff is great. But let's also stop and thank God this year for the work we see Him doing in our lives and the work we see Him doing in other people's lives. And then once we thank Him, let's pray for more and say, God, I I want another helping. Lord, give me some of that leftover Holy Spirit turkey in the fridge. You know, I want more. You know, keep it coming, Lord. Give us more. Do more of your great work in our lives. So that we can be a truly successful church. Because that's success, is when we see God at work. And the great thing about that is, no one can take credit for it. (laughs) Because it's obviously God, and there's no one who can say, well, it's because of, no, no, God did it. He gets all the glory. If we will learn to fix our happiness on those kinds of things, we can't be shaken. If my sense of happiness is based upon this world around me, I'm going to go up and down like a yo-yo. Because jobs come and go, One week you're healthy, the next week it's emergency surgery. Uh, The best friends you have in life can hurt you. The closest relationships in your life will give you your greatest joys and your greatest wounds. And so people, situations go up and down. And if I base my happiness on that stuff, I'm always going to go up and down with them. But if I can step back and say, okay God, what are you doing in the midst of this? At that spiritual level, I can always be thankful because God is always at work. I once knew a person, uh, I'll just call this person Chris. Uh, uh, Chris uh, lost uh, one of Chris's parents, and it was a very you know, sad thing. It's always sad to lose someone. This, per- this parent was very old, and so it wasn't like it was a big surprise or something that snuck up. And yet, you know, it doesn't matter whether you know it's coming or not. It's always, it's grief is grief. And I remember talking to Chris about this loss and, and saying, so you know, how are you doing with the grief? And Chris had an amazing answer. It really surprised me. Chris said, you know, I'm not fighting the grief. I'm just letting it happen because I want to see what God's going to do through it in my life. Wow, that is a really amazing, mature answer. But it's that focus of no matter what's going on around me, whether it's the highs or the lows, God is doing something in me. God's kingdom is at work, and that's what I want to focus on is the fact that he's building his character in me Whether I know it or not, he's at work. So learn about that and give thanks for that this Thanksgiving. Let's pray, huh? Would you take a moment to thank God for any spiritual work he's doing in your lives? I'll just leave a few minutes of silence here and you can just pray silently to God. Whatever you wrote down in those lines or whatever you were thinking of, just take a moment to thank God for that. we thank you that you are at work in our lives. Oh God, we thank you that, that our religion is not one of just dead doctrines and empty rituals and just going through the motions, but that there is a spiritual power at work in us that we don't fully understand. That the Holy Spirit is in us and the Holy Spirit is changing us. Sometimes we cooperate with it, sometimes we don't, but regardless, your kingdom keeps advancing in us. And Lord, you grow your kingdom in us, through us, and sometimes in spite of us. And so God, we stop to give you thanks as a church that you are a God who did not give up on the human race, but that you sent Christ to die for us, and you sent the Spirit to help us know Christ and to grow in Christ. And so I pray that this Thanksgiving season, we would remember that more important spiritual level, that we would remember happiness uh, that comes through holiness and not just health, that we would remember our inheritance in heaven and not just our job security, that we would remember our our adoption into your family and not just our physical family, that, Lord, we would remember the spiritual things. Help us to be focused on that. God, I pray for this church, that you would encourage the people here, that you would fill us up with joy. I pray, Lord, for anyone who's here today who's just beaten down by life, who feels overwhelmed by life. God, I pray that you might open the eyes of their heart and give them a glimpse of your greatness. Give them a glimpse of Christ so that they might have reason to give thanks even in the midst of the bleakest of circumstances this Thanksgiving. Lord, we confess as a church that only you are great. Only you are great. And Lord, we love you, and we look forward to great things in our lives through your power. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.